The Demico show starts now. Welcome to the D'Amico Show. I'm Steve D'Amico. Today, I'm joined by the two founding members of Cheap Machines, Ian Barr and Travis Kelly. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for having us. You guys have some new music coming out. Can you kind of take us through the journey of uh, founding your band and your story together, how you guys know each other, and just your musical journey? For sure, we can. Well, the first thing I wanted to say was that it's it's an exciting moment to be here and talk to you because this is our first interview that we've ever done and it's very appropriate because you and I moved to LA together and it's true we started this crazy journey on pretty much the exact same day um but yeah we're uh we're excited and we're you know two of five uh in the band but we've been playing music a long time so Travis and I originally met in high school and in Champaign, Illinois. That happened in the Midwest. Yeah, you, you can t- tell tell the people a little bit about that. What about Champaign, Illinois? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about what, whatever it is about the Midwest that you think they need to know. Um, Ian and I grew up together. Uh, both like music a lot. We started uh, we started separate bands, uh, mostly because we have an aggressive amount of competition with each other. Um, <laughs> you guys had like rival. Bands. We wanted to flesh out. <laughs> And decided who would be no. Um, we just there was a it was there was literally two bands in the high school, and um, we were kind of heading up each one. And eventually, we decided that the uh, that we should probably get together and figure something out. It was a super tiny high school. It was like Catholic. I think our graduating class was what like sixty five people. Yeah, it was a big one. So when there's two bands at a high school of that size, those are the two bands. There's there's not any more than those two (laughs) so we would you know we did battle of the bands we played shows together and we always kind of kept it separate we were like you do your thing i'll do mine but we were always friends throughout the whole thing yeah there you know it had it ups had, had its ups and downs but um we decided you know down the line i think it was like around college yeah we were like sending demos to each other yeah of like songs i got a song you got a song and eventually we uh decided to Moved to California, which is a good idea, <laughs> and um, and we started recording an album when we moved in together, and uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we moved in. You know, Travis came to visit once or twice when I was living in Hollywood. You remember that time, but um, he showed up around like 2016 to live here. And we just kind of were like, you know, what would probably make sense is if we lived in an apartment, we sat down, learned how to make an album. No one's going to do it for us. We have to figure this out by ourselves. And I know you know what that's like, having to just kind of get up and make the thing you want to happen happen. So we, we really just went full bore into making sure that these ideas were going to get committed to a record. And we did it. And, you know, it's something we're super proud of and we're just keeping on and we're, we got new stuff coming out. But that first record was a big deal. For the Congratulations. Uh, when you guys were young and in high school and had these dreams and you had your bands, did you know what it was going to really take in terms of from like a technical perspective, production perspective, what it would take in the year 2023 to really make this happen and be 
part of the the landscape we have now at social media, digital, and kind of this floodgates being open in terms of media, arts, and creation? No way. I, I would say no way. What about you? No, 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 no. <clears throat> no. It, yeah. I mean, well, it we're in an especially different time with media. And we were talking about it earlier where it's great that you can go online and have a platform. And if you're generating content that people are interested in, they're going to seek it out. They're going to give you attention and, you know, success can be yielded out of that. But the fact that there's so many people doing it at once, you know, it's, it's intimidating and there's just a, wide array of people all doing the same thing at the same time but what it comes back to at least in my opinion at least as far as the two of us go is we just really like doing it so I've tried to get better mentally about like if I'm having fun that's the most important thing if I feel good about it if the music makes me happy and if I'm excited and I can play live on a stage in front of who cares how many people that feels good to me. So I I try to be more disciplined about focusing on the happiness that that brings me personally. And but, pe- people yeah. pick up on that too. When you're happy and in the moment and putting out that energy, that's what people are going to connect with. People that might not even, that's not even a genre of music they usually listen to. And I feel like that, that like Hollywood has now become something that is accessible to everyone's pocket in terms of as a creator and as a consumer and in the in a way that it makes it so much more competitive it's also now you have billions of people that you can now reach that can connect with whatever you're making and i think that that is what's exciting and i was i was a uh you, you notice this, uh, even with younger kids, I was a substitute teacher. That's what I was doing all last year. And kids nowadays, all they want to do is make TikToks, right? But it's like TikToks is basically singing, dancing, and acting. Those were things before that no one was doing. You know, like you have like your clicks in school, but the people that were acting, singing, and dancing, they were in theater. They were in drama club. Right. Now everyone is doing that. It's like we've reverted back to this like Brady Bunch era where like everyone is just like singing and grooving and I want to go back to the Brady Bunch era yeah I was gonna say I mean that's not a bad thing Travis is more of an Osmonds guy no I'm not I'm Brady Bunch hardcore (laughs) I noticed that there's so much more desire for that and I wonder is that just like the nature of humans we want to express or are kids growing up with this media and just realizing like like this is where I want to be making my career or making my interests lie because the internet really what it it blew up like the year 2000 let's say everyone in this like maybe even 50 or like a hundred year patch around this are the like the pioneers and the early adopters of this like it makes me start thinking like down the road whatever the internet like morphs into are people going to be like the same way we view people that like created the car? It's like, well, there's, there's only so much room for like creating a car that happened back then. Yeah. I, well, I think there's always a hunger for people to find the means to express themselves. And there's probably some, definitely some crossover between that group that you described of people that 
want to be on TikTok who have this, you know, idea of wanting to do it because that's what they think they want to do. And people who really want to do that because they feel compelled to share themselves in some artistic medium. And I think at the end of the day, it's, it's something that's good to be in existence so that it can give those people who have a genuine aspiration a place to voice it. And with that is going to come a lot of people who are just doing it to goof off. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think the one really good thing that this like <laughs> shift has, has brought in is like, think about Facebook back in the day when that started towards like the end of high school and it was really popular when we were in college Facebook was basically to document like yourself shit face. Like you'd have some girl who's like, oh, oh yeah. thanks. Oh yeah. Thanks, Kara. Oh, like yeah. that's basically what it is. Nowadays with kids like making TikToks, they've like made a real stance that what they want to do with their time is give their data to China. And like, that's commendable. <laughs> no, they, they actually want to like create something like, you know what I mean? You don't go on TikTok just to make a video of like, look at this person shit face. I remember... This happened to me multiple times throughout high school and college. I'd have to ask someone like, hey, can you take down that like photo of me like asleep, like on the floor? Like, right. that's not a good look for me. I, I feel like we didn't know what we were doing. No, I, I think that's a big thing about it is that we didn't. I, I think that at least, I don't know, we didn't know that like the internet was kind of forever at that point. Like it was sort of this new sort of thing like Facebook. Because I remember we'd go out, you know, and there would be some somebody with a digital camera who would take, you know, 500 pictures. And then the next day there would be an entire album of pictures and videos that chronicle like the entire night you would, you would know everything about it, including like the drama that, you know, a and B had, and then C was on the floor and B and D shit his pants. God like, forbid like you end up on the floor. Like, like you would have, you would have the whole like thing. And it would be on, and, and be like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And it would blow over. It was like, no, that's that's still there. Like, you could look that up right now. And this guy, you know, is some, like, engineer somewhere. And he shit his pants in a, in a video on Facebook, like, in 2006. Like, that's still there. You hear about these, like, theories that the screens, the more you look at the screen, uh, there's, like, the theta waves that are produced when you're looking at the screen can really just, like, warp your sense of reality and, like, suck you in. Because it's such a, uh, it's so intoxicating. Sure. Like sure. you, th- you think about not being able to use your phone or not be able to have your phone. It's like, oh, man. whoa, I can't sit in a room and do that. Well, and I used to be the person who thought I didn't need my phone, and and I, it, it, I feel like it's in the last few years where I just, I'm always reaching, and I'm like, why, why am I looking at this? And, and I, I'm doing it for that quick release of like curiosity and satisfying this itch that I didn't realize I needed to scratch and and I don't like it. <laughs> I think also that there is something and, and especially, you know, these days there's always something horrific or like crazy happening that like you almost need to like see like there you know if you put your phone down for 2 hours something ridiculous has happened somewhere with somebody doing something regardless of what it is and they're already talking about it and so you kind of you're like well, what did i miss and it's, it, it's just kind of the society we live in i don't know i just yeah yeah like you you can't really uh feign, Check out. feign <laughs> ignorance anymore because yeah. of things like pandemic lockdown those it's types just, of things you can't just like oh, i don't watch the news what's like well guess what honey you're out of a job and you need to put a mask <laughs> yeah. on right now like you you're you have to 
engage with it or you're not going to be like tapped into society. The thing about there being this landscape of social media that we're just kind of all, you know, contributing to on this level that is going to create some weird, I don't know, hellscape, (laughs) social media hellscape, you know, that to me is sort of like the flip side of the coin where when you do comedy or play music, getting on a stage in front of people is always the thing that makes it feel like real. And and it is real. It's a human experience with a room full of people who are all part of this moment. And that isn't going anywhere. I really don't think it's going anywhere. It it can't. And that's why the whole uh, SAG strike and this argument that they think, oh, we'll just we're just going to use a AI copies of you to fill in scenes, and we don't need actors, we don't need writers. Right. There's no soul to the art then, and that's that's what art needs to move people. The, the, the fact that these uh, networks and production companies, studios think that they can replace that, it's like there's just the spiritual growth is just not there. It's just insane to me. Well, and as much as they think that they're going to be able to convince people that it's real. There is a subconscious element, at least I believe, to a person that knows when they're being shown something that's artificial. And maybe maybe that's not true. I don't know. But I, I think it is true. I think there's something about art that you can always tell came from a person. Completely agree with that. And And, and I will say this, and this is... So there was a whole thing that came up recently. I actually saw it on uh, Instagram, not TikTok, but I had noticed it before, is that people were re-watching Titanic. And there's a scene in Titanic when it zooms in on the ship and it's like the captain and somebody else and they're walking across the deck and like getting ready to like meet up and have a conversation. And that was shot in like what, like 1997, 1998? And nobody said boo about it, but it's all completely like computer CGI, whatever. And that's great. And but now you look at it and it's like, wait, this looks like a computer game. So it's like, you know, so it's like so like, yeah, you're scanning people's faces. I get it completely. But we've all seen what's happened when they like de-age people in film. Like in 30 years, that might be a disaster. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying like, like, let's just be real about technology advances. Like because now they're showing this like a zoom up of that and it looks horrific. I love that movie, by the way. So let's not talk shit it's on like Titanic. It's like 64 bit. Yeah, like, it, it, this looks it's like, like Yoshi on Rainbow Road. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. And it's, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, right now it might seem like the move, but I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, things age. You that's know? what I'm saying. Things like, age. Like, 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 okay, so you scan all these assholes' faces. But I'll tell you what doesn't and age. All these faces, assholes. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I, that's a whole different thing. But yeah, I completely agree. So. What doesn't age is getting on a stage and performing, and exactly that. I mean, that's the the performance method that I think has clearly stood the test of time, and it's the one that feels the best, at least in my opinion. I I love doing it. It's the most real thing: having a conversation, having a dialogue, or connecting connecting with a crowd of people. There's a reason why it lights us up so much, and it's not like the glitz yeah. and the glamour and like getting your name and lights, all those things are cool. But the thing that is the driving engine for that is the fact that we feel like our soul can make these connections to so many other souls and yep. 
connect in that group energy and that is what excites us like at our core more than anything else i kind of find unique ways of my body completely challenging myself like when like in, in unintentional ways like when we played we when we did the whiskey last time i hadn't been sick in over a year and the the week of the show i got the most horrific head cold i have had that turned into a sinus infection ever so by friday i didn't i was really sick and and had you never know it it, it sounded well, no i agree sounded I, great. I, but but what we were yeah. talking about pushing yourself yeah, yeah yeah um i i was really sick and uh was feeling like absolute dog shit and was not just confident in anything at all but you know you you get to the point where like okay we're playing the fucking whiskey a go-go like like this is a this is a big deal for us like we're you know a little we have never done anything like this. This is, you know, this is a really cool thing. And so you find a way to do it. And so what I did was, you know, I, I slugged back a couple shots of whiskey. I said, okay, you know, Ian punched me in the face and we, we got it together. Um, but for me, that was a challenge. Like, like each, each individual thing, like I, I have not gotten used to a damn thing yet. Like every time we get up there, um, I feel uh, nervous, but in a good way. Um, and I, I'm always finding a new way to fuck myself and like, you know, I'm sick or my, my, that particular show, uh, my pedal board shorted out uh, as we were taking the stage. So I had to play through the back line there. So it's like, so it's like, I haven't found the comfort yet, um, in any of that because it's always like, I might not be able to sing this song. My guitar pedal decided to fuck up. Like, so I, I don't know. So it's, it's, for me, it's like each thing is like its own individual. And I've had shows, I've, I've enjoyed every single show. And then the next day, we played a show. I had completely lost my voice by the show we had the next day. So Ian actually had to sing my song. So, so for me, I have not found that comfort level yet because usually something has gone horrifically wrong. But in the you best way, got a couple way, of uh, yeah, yeah. challenges. But I, but that means I rely on Ian. I rely on on Bobby and John and 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 Will, our drummer, and they're they're insane and they're great. And 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 actually, the show we played at the Redwood, Bobby sang backing vocals yeah, on it. That was so much um, fun. And he did a great job. Um, but. Yeah, it's just like uh, there's always something, and I think that you probably can completely attest to this doing live comedy, is that something's gonna go wrong. You're gonna miss something. You're gonna you're there's gonna be a jackass in the crowd. There's gonna be something that's gonna go horrifically wrong, that in a way kind of almost like forces you to either do two things. You're either gonna completely like just dissolve in that moment, or you're gonna find a way around it. Or in some ways, you actually end up with something better. So I, I don't know. So that, that that's Dude, just that's and, just me. And, and kind of bouncing off of what you were saying, I cannot imagine. I always feel, you know, it, it like you were saying, like I'm nervous. I I feel oh, like sure. I'm, I'm worked up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't stink. But I always kind of have this comfort knowing that I've got my four friends playing on stage right next to me, and they're gonna fuck know, up just as much. They're gonna, you know, <laughs> where I'm there for them, and they're and they're here for me, but. And and no one in that crowd is, you know, if they say something I don't like, I'm probably not going to hear it because we're playing so loud. And if it's not something they're into, then too bad. But I can't imagine. And I always think about just getting personally attacked or heckled by someone in the crowd and having to kind of like integrate that into your situation. I feel I, like you'd be good at that. Like I've seen, I've seen in, you a couple of times. It, I feel like you're good. You're in good theory, at that. like yeah, yeah. put me like in a a personal setting and like a house party or something. It's like, yeah, I can give it back just like sure. that. You guys know it's like a yeah. different thing so when you're up there different. because also when that happens, the whole audience is like, 
Like they're waiting oh, for that. They're living that, for it. They're living for it. They're waiting for that comeback. I I think like my like you were saying like the un, when the unexpected that stresses me out so much. Dude, I could never Ian's think left of something. I'd be like, you win. I'm it's, an idiot. Goodbye. It's, it's so stressful, but it's such a spiritual thing if you look at it that way. Because when all the worst things that can happen to you actually do start happening, when you get attacked. <laughs> when, when you, it, you get attacked I love getting physically attacked. when you get when you get attacked uh by an audience member when you sign up to get on the titan 2 when you know oh, <laughs> damn um when when you someone heckles you and all these like bad things happen your ego thinks it's going to be its demise and it's protecting you but then you're like no i'm still here i'm still breathing i'm still alive my ego's bruised i might feel like anxious and like a loser and want to run out the door but you can prove to yourself that the fear is like so much within your head and that is a driving force for me to keep getting up there keep getting up there because there is that anxiety and the nerves but the more you do it the faster it goes away it converts into something else and i've always wanted to know where where is the root of this where is this coming from i want to transform more and more and more of this darkness into light and I want to face all of my fears. That's what's most important for my personal growth. Like at the detriment of like, what, how much money's in my bank account? Like all these other things that I probably should be prioritizing more. It's like, I want to not have any of these fears because I know these are the things that are holding me back the most. And it sounds crazy. Like if I can't like speak in front of a room of a few hundred people and make everyone laugh, then like I still have these fears, but that's what it feels like personally for me that there's a there's like a discord in my energy field like a blockage and this is why I'm compelled to do this because I know through doing this it's going to clear that up and when I clear that up more and more and more imagination and inspiration from my source is going to come in can I ask you a question do you do you google like when you're coming up with a joke like and you and you like this is something super like you you come up with a joke do you google to like see if somebody's done it before i will i will google if it's very specific like i had this like line that i i really liked like i'm a poet and i didn't even know that and i was like oh i like that sure like, sure 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 then sure. i googled it and then i saw like it was on reddit or something i won't use it yeah like, it's, yeah yeah cuz i can't that's honorable i i i can't because i feel the same way because, and it's trust me it's annoying it's very annoying cuz yeah. you're well, like you're sap- oh, sh- you're not sabotaging yourself, but you're you're doing the thing that some other people wouldn't do. And you're holding yourself to a standard. And I think that that ultimately is what makes a better artist. And it's not fun at the time. It sucks. You're like, oh, crap. I really like that. I know. You have to lay it, lay it to rest. Like, y- you just have to. And I'm such like a, I guess like a pick me with like making up like, certain terms or like funny variations of words and i almost don't even want to google it because it's like shit chat gpt is going to be shooting (laughs) shooting this like shitting this out to someone else. yeah you're you're giving the information to somebody who might want to create a somebody on the other end an ai joke yeah yeah the i just feel like awful the the collective consciousness like there's a lot of parallel thinking on certain things and just from hearing a lot of uh stand up at open mics a lot of people say like this the same things and it, you almost want to be like you know that joke about like trump or like covid or whatever it is like you must know in your heart that this has already been done you're doing the work of making sure that you keep your own original material 
true to yourself. And and that's there there's sacrifice that comes with that. Do you ever hear something and you're like, oh, this is like low hanging fruit? Like like let's get real. Like like this has been said five hundred yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, slightly de- different wording, kind of. Deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And maybe this is like me just wanting to be. I don't know, edgier or whatever it is, but I just try to go like weirder or more like combining things. The world is just like cracking the surface on because comedy has to draw based off the times. I'm not going to be like, what do you guys, what's the deal with the rickshaws these days? It's like, (laughs) we need to be talking about like what, what, what is relevant because the comedian is the mirror for the the, t- the times yeah. by the way i you know what uh, anagrams like the the letters of your name making things i have some like wild anagrams for my name like <laughs> i'm excited like what like the word comedian is like one of the things based on steven d'amico it's like comedian vest is like one of them another one is encased vomit so <laughs> <laughs> you no know, not know what another one is active demons <laughs> like i'm like yeah, okay yeah i just feel like <laughs> yeah. these are the little signposts that like <laughs> I'm like, this is all true. Like, did I tell you the that? The universe trying to tell you something. Did I? Not even the universe. A shaman told me I have an entity. Like, I met a shaman. No. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep this. I don't care. I, oh, no. I, it's, I, I think that no. is fascinating. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't. We're talking to you now. This I'm, is flipped around. Like I haven't come out yet with this. I'm coming out of the casket. I'm an, I have an entity. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, I, I was at a barbecue and. Sure. This, this Nigerian guy was like. You have entity. He's been attacking me this whole time. I was like, pass the potato salad. Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you say? When wait, so- wait, wait. Was it did that really happen? <laughs> yeah, this this really happened. And you, your I, entity has been attacking somebody for an entire cookout. He said it was attacking, attacking, attacking him. But it's like my entity. It may, mainly attacks me. It's like it's a poltergeist like, deal. Look, I gave him the day off. <laughs> He's gonna attack other people today. Like. I've I've made peace with I have an ent- that I have an entity and I consult him on jokes now and like celebrate his birthday we do pin the tail sure. on the entity like we <laughs> no <laughs> these these are the type of jokes that like it, they're landing hard right now because I I'm, I'm having a good yeah. um so but but the uh, the first time I took mushrooms I saw like oh a, okay I I saw like a um a like shadowy figure like pursuing me oh shit pursuing me the entire time and that's why when it's like this guy told me i have an entity i was like duh like yeah yeah like it just made it it made it made sense and like a lot of my suffering the idea of like these entities basically when you have traumas like we all have an auric field right and when you have traumas it creates holes in your auric field and it's all it's called soul loss your soul part of your soul is like sectioned off and you're not having your entire soul there and when there's these holes in the auric fields you can have these entities attached and it doesn't necessarily mean like you're depressed so you have an entity getting surgery like having your your body actually opened up in surgery can open you up to these entities anytime you're in a lower state and when you're in certain environments with like high emfs or mold or things that are going to lower your frequency these entities can attach this is this is my belief it isn't this isn't like mainstream science i even remember before i came out i was in boston like in some lecture and i remember being like hearing these voices like you're gay you're a faggot you need to like come out with it 
Turns out it was an upperclassman sitting behind me, but the entity was Stop still it. there. The way I view entities now is that it's personifying like that darkness within me or within anyone. And I've really been on a path now to like clear that out. And the way I'm doing it is like following my passions, facing all of my fears. I like apologize a lot now. Like I've gone through, like I've tried to make amends. Like I shoplifted from like, uh, a Ralph Lauren store. I, I made like a $60 donation to like one of their charities. I pissed in a Macy's dressing room on the floor one time when I was like drunk in high school. Let's unpack that. I pooped in that to just like even it out now. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I, I mean, I think there's a desire within you to, I'm also a narcissist. <laughs> it sounds like I think probably, that, I think there's a little bit of that. No, there's no <laughs> chance that we are all sitting here without a little healthy dose of narcissism. Yeah, there's no cameraman. The, we are the veins. cameraman. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're we're the reason that this is even being recorded. But I I don't know. I think I think there is a benevolence inside of you that feels the need to rectify past wrongs and make people feel better or good, and that. That to me is a you know that positive energy is the world's better with it than without. I and, and it might come from the origin of having done something that wasn't right. At least your wrongs are only towards like faceless corporations. Yeah, so there's a, there's a few people too. Like I well, actually, okay. anytime I'm like going through my to do list and I'm like, oh shit, like I, I'm I'm not feeling it right now and like writing new material. I'm like I'll just apologize to someone from the past. Like I just actually did. But this. I mean, there's worse things to do. There, there's there's <laughs> way there's way worse things yeah, to that, do. But, that but, seems fairly productive. But my friend was like, Stevie, you're doing this just for you. Like you're not doing I, it for like. I get what you mean by that, but it's still good for the person you're doing it for. And if you feel good about it too, why not? My most recent apology I did like a few days ago, this girl on Facebook, I haven't talked to her since like sophomore year of high school. It wasn't her friend, but we, I made a comment to her like, at a football game that it was just like very, very flippant and it was, it was mean spirited. And then I thought of it, I was like, oh shit, I need to apologize to this girl. So I wrote her an apology and then all she did was send me back a gif of Steve Buscemi rolling his eyes. <laughs> I was like, fuck oh. you. But I was like, I, I, can't, I can't expect. Okay. I, I can't expect people because it, it is random. Like, yeah, during, yeah, yeah. This all started sure. during the lockdowns and COVID. Like, I Venmoed this girl like $40. So I puked on her comforter at a New Year's party. Like, one year where it's like, I got sick and puked on her comforter. And like, I do you have a log obs- of this? Because I think this is interesting. Like, I have a much better you're, memory you're, you're than I do. Well, it, yeah, it, yeah, com- yeah. it just comes back. And it's like, these are almost like little fractures like within my my spirit that like I want to do my best to heal that. No, that's awesome. And I get what you mean by thinking it comes from a narcissistic point of view, but I, I will always argue that it's something that's going to benefit the people you're talking to. And, or, or maybe it doesn't, but at least there's an effort towards doing something that will make amends for whatever you feel like some yeah sort of like people like, appreciate that and and whether or not she sent you a gif of steve buscemi rolling his eyes which like, by the way is, is funny it is funny but there's probably part of her that did appreciate that you said that i want to shift a little bit and talk about your single can you tell me a little bit about like the inspiration for that and uh how did it come about yeah well the single is called overtime and we're really excited about it we put out an album in 2022 just last year 
but we worked on that album for a couple years before we put it out. We did everything ourselves. We recorded it. We mixed it. We engineered it. We produced it. Um, and that it felt awesome to finally have it in the world. And, and, you know, the 10 songs that we have been working on for so long, were finally able to be heard by people. And that album is called shared delusions and it's out there in the world. And, you know, we, we did a lot of, a lot of work on it and a lot of our own sort of, you know, efforts went into that. But we learned how to record music. Yeah. We, we, I mean, like it was literally like Ian was like learning the program when we were, which it's like crazy. But yeah, we were like, okay, so let's start. Okay, yeah. so yeah, it was completely self-made. Um, and it and it Our feels, neighbors loved it. Yeah, they they were really they know the songs better than anyone. But um, yeah, the new single is the first album or the first album, the first song that we'll have released since then. And um, we are, you know, it's the first song that we've ever been able to put together uh, since having the live band. So when we did the first album, it was just me and Travis. And this song we recorded with just me and Travis, but it's during a time where we have a full band behind us. We have a drummer named Will. He's incredible. We met him under very fortunate circumstances. I, you know, got an offer to play a show in Long Beach uh, from a friend of mine who's a great guy named Dave who has a band of his own, Rockets to Nowhere. You should listen to them. And he said, hey, like, you know, I know you have a band. I know you play guitar. Like, let's let's have you guys on. And I looked at Travis and I was like, oh, crap. We got we, it. We got it. <laughs> it's just you and me. We got to figure this out. Um, so I put up an ad online and Will replied to it first. And he was so proactively interested and... I talked to him and he was clearly enthusiastic about it. He's an awesome drummer. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's play, let's do it. Like we'll meet you at this rehearsal space. It was just me, Travis and Will. We played, it felt great. And then we were like, we got to fill out the rest of this band. And, and Travis, you know, was very eager to, to make sure those other roles were filled and, and he stepped in and got the right people. Well, yeah. Well, well, let's not let's not blow by by his cousin Chris, who who. Oh, let's not blow yeah, by yeah, that yeah, because 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 right. he's for sure going to listen to this podcast. So, Chris, we love you. You know Chris, right? You, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course, you yeah. know Chris. So yeah. we we got to make sure he Chris is a here. hero. Yeah, he yeah. flew in from Chicago to play that show that got offered to us. So it, he, <laughs> in Long Beach, he flew in. For that. He literally came in just for the show, and it, it's like a very fond memory of mine, and I'll always appreciate him for that. But we played music in high school, and um, we had a band, and and it was a lot of fun getting to, to kind of revisit that era of our our lives. He nailed it, and he, yeah, he killed it, and it was so much fun to look over, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Chris. Chris yeah, <laughs> I remember I remember seeing the videos of your shows in Champ. I think it was in Champagne when you had, oh yeah, yeah. you had had your band. Yeah, yeah, that was Chris on bass that too. Was, yeah. So then, of course, Chris eventually, uh, you know, had to go back to Chicago, unfortunately. Um, and so, you know, we, we had, it, it's crazy. So we lived on, over on Valley Heart, which you came over on the 4th of July, at least one time. Oh, I know you yeah. were there. Remember we were playing like Pong outside, like, yep. like a, like a mousetrap. It doesn't seem like that was just uh, yesterday. Yeah. It, nah, that's what's oh crazy. God, yeah, and that place looks totally different now. That's a whole different story. Um, but it's crazy because we had a bunch of neighbors there. So I don't think that when you were there, uh, the apartment. So if you were looking out our front door, the apartment to our right, um, I think it was empty when you were there. But anyway, our, our friends now, Bobby and Lynn, moved in there. And then 
down the way, there was uh, this apartment. Our friends Harrison and John lived there. And so we became really close with all of them and hung out with Bobby and Lynn all the time. They lived with John. Um, and I kind of just got loaded one night and demanded that Bobby join our band. And I was like, you play bass now. And he's like, no, no, I, I don't play bass. I was like, no, because he has like fantastic musical inclination. Like he's like naturally gifted. Like, you know, when people just know how to play music, they can just do it. And I was like, no, 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 you can play our stuff. Like you're, you're good to go. You should join. And he agreed to it. God bless him. And learned, like drilled all these bass lines Ian had come up with crazy shit learned the whole record and was down and we played a show with them and it was fantastic did so well and so then we're like well shit i you know i had played keys on the record and yeah, also that was the big question which was a big which is how big are issue. we gonna make that happen because in front of an audience because i was doing two things at once basically i know this is probably not super interesting but i, I had played keys on the record and then we also i was singing and play guitar um so we needed the keyboardist who john carey who happened to live with them is an insane keyboardist. Like he works on feature films. He's just an incredible, He's incredible talented dude, incredibly talented. And I guy. remember walking into that Valley Heart apartment and always seeing him kind of like, as we're walking towards the door to my right in the window at his keyboard. I was afraid of him. I his told piano, him this. like his actual keyboard. And I was like, this dude's a serious That's what musician. I mean. like, like, he's, he's no joke. I'm like, not, I don't tell me to quiet down. I want to get quick. in his way. Like yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. in the zone over yeah, yeah. here, like composing some serious like symphony or something. And, uh, it's cool that fast forward, you know, a little farther from we that. We smoke a lot of spliffs together and <laughs> let's get real about that. It's okay. It's totally legal. So I, it was one night we were out there hanging out and I was like, dude, John, it would be so awesome if you would like just play some keys for us because like, I knew he was like, it's key parts that I had played on the record, which he is just to the nth degree more talented. And, and I was like, I know you can do it with your eyes shut and, you know, drunk and everything. And, and he came to a practice with, with Bobby and the whole crew got together and it was within like 10 minutes. It was like, holy yeah. shit, dude! This sounds fantastic. I was jumping around a like we a, had a we had a mania. full live band and we were ready to go and and we just really haven't looked back from that. It was weird. It was just like, and it's weird because we all lived in the same apartment complex and did not know each other. So like, John lived there before anybody. We moved in. We were recording a record, making everybody crazy with our noise. Bobby and Lynn moved in, and we got really close with them. Uh, we knew that, you know, Lynn can sing her ass off. Bobby is a great musician. We had no intentions of like doing anything like this band related with them. But all of a sudden now here we are. So it's just like a complete like happenstance how it all worked out. And and it's cool when you're like friends first because there's no ego. There's no like like there's nobody in this band that can't tell the other person to like chill the fuck out, which is really nice, I think. And I'll always value the fact that like we're in a room together. You know, that, yeah, that yeah, is the yeah, flip yeah, yeah. side to the coin where when you do stand up, you go up there, you, the, the whole gang's here, it's you. And you never have to rely. The whole gang. <laughs> yeah. You never have to rely on anyone to like be by your side or show up with you to, to do the thing you want to do. And in a band, obviously, there's more than one person. You have to have this cohort of people that are going to deliver the same message at once. And I just i'm never going to undervalue the absolute privilege of being able to be in that room with those people ever like if we're rehearsing i'm just i'm so happy like if we're just hit like you know in a in a room with a pa and we're all five playing i feel 
so relieved to know that we have this band because there was a time we did not for a good while there where we didn't. And you know that they they, they like you know it's it's they're all friends too, so they're like you know and not they, only they, a band got, but like people you. that you get along with, yeah, and you yeah, have yeah, fun yeah, with, yeah, and yeah. that you know you have common ground with, and that is that's just a total bonus because it doesn't need to be that way. You you know you're not entitled to that. I was wondering when you're recording a single, do you do you go into it like? structuring the song in a certain way the melodically or uh music structure wise that's going to be the single or do you just record like shit like this one is popping out i think it's kind of the second one i personally think it's the second one uh, I, yeah I, I mean i think usually it it's it's well to be honest with you this is the first time we've done uh a single really because we we recorded the first record and we didn't really release a first song. We were, we just dumped the album out, and then like we kind of just went with what we thought played, like what people were into, what was playing well live. Like we structure our set based on what we kind of think people dig. Um, this is actually the first like just straight up single we're releasing, but it was kind of a little bit of a one eighty for us. We wanted to do something that was you know for sure different from the first record. It was it's it's a little it's it's definitely different. And so I think that that's kind of what we're into. But yeah, we we noticed that it was it was something that Ian wrote a great song basically, and we it's got a great hook. It's different. It's got a nice little. It's got a nice vibe to it. And so I think that it was just went without saying that like that's yeah. Let's put it out and then let's just see what happens. Yeah. And I, I feel like the things that I'm excited about writing or that I want to commit to spending all that time on are the things that kind of get zapped into your consciousness where, you know, you might kind of be humming something that isn't already a song and you're like, wait a minute, if that's kind of like on a loop in my mind, I should probably explore that. And I think it's, you know, there is like a unintentional inspiration that I experience when I write music. And I think it's probably similar in the world of comedy where you're, you're all, you're not really like, I'm all right. Joke writing time, you know, it, it flows through you and you can feel it in your, your core. You're like, Ooh, like this, this feels like me. Like this is yeah. what I want yeah, to totally step forward with. All right, let's have a listen guys. This is cheap machines with overtime. Hey, hey. just a Thank you. 
band is Cheap Machines. The song, Overtime. Guys, where can people find you on the social meds? You can find us on Instagram, Cheap Machines. Just search that. We'll pop right up. Uh, we're on Spotify. You can stream our first album there with the new single, Overtime, and more songs to come. Music video is out, too. Check it out on YouTube. And uh, Travis, did you want to plug your Zanga or anything? Yeah, Live yeah, journal? absolutely. So <laughs> I, got a lot of, I got a lot of things coming out, too. Uh, <laughs> No, we're, it's good. I'll, I'll be on the socials for the band. I'll stick to that. Awesome. It's been the D'Amico Show. Catch you next time.